Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm a Sheffield United fan. It is Wednesday, the 14th of March. Just a, a quick podcast, really, uh, to talk about uh, our games against Burton and Ipswich in the last few days. I guess if you listen to the last few, you will have uh, have heard um, my guest Jay being on there. Um, I'm hoping that Jay will be back in a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully during the international break, to kind of. Um, talk about uh i guess a, a slightly broader span of the season um if, if you have missed that podcast then um do go back and listen to it because uh i think the one that we published last week is, is probably my favorite one so far that i've been able to upload so um yeah it's uh it's just me this week we're going to talk about uh burton and ipswich and then look ahead towards our game against nottingham forest this weekend as well So first of all, um, yeah, let, let, let's speak about the, the Ipswich game of the weekend. So this was a, a nil-nil draw. Uh, it was a, a a little frustrating, I think, um, mainly because Ipswich were, were terrible. Uh, probably, you know, one of, having seen them twice now, uh, obviously at Bramall Lane earlier in the season and then in this game, uh, one of the the worst teams I think I've seen this season. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of baffling to me that they're mid-table on that evidence. Uh, and it, it did also make it hard to see how they'd managed to beat Preston away uh, only a few weeks ago. Uh, I guess this is kind of exacerbated by the fact that they then got absolutely walloped by Hull last night. Uh, although anyone who's kind of annoyed at that should probably take a look at Aston Villa, who who crushed Wolves 4-1 at the weekend and then got turned over by QPR last night. So slightly strange uh, arrangement of results there in the last couple of weeks. But anyway, the Ipswich game, so... Yeah, kind of a, a sloppy game, I think. Um, you know, I, I did fear for us when I saw the team. You know, we were we were without Duffy, without Clark. Obviously, Brooks was start the game on the bench, and and Duffy and Clark have been you know two of our most important creative players uh, all season in terms of uh, I guess not just in terms of what you see as you're watching the game, but the actual number of chances and quality of chances that those players create as well. As it was, so you know, kind of worried, but as it was, Ipswich offered absolutely nothing all game. Uh, we hit the post from uh, James Wilson from long range, and we had one clear scoring opportunity uh, when Lundstrom got in and kind of inexplicably chose to pass uh, to a clearly unprepared Chad Evans instead of just putting his foot through it, um, which was extremely frustrating at the time. He'd, he'd broken into the box, and it was slightly wide of goal, I guess, but... I think pulling the trigger was definitely the right decision there, and for for some reason he chose to do uh, something completely different, which is was really baffling. Because um, one thing we have seen from Lundstrom is he's he's not afraid to take a shot when the opportunity presents itself. So that was a weird one. Uh, it did feel like two points dropped, but as I said, my my expectations for this game sort of sort of plummeted when I saw the players that we were we were leaving out and you know playing on a bit of a ploughed field of a pitch as well. It, it felt a little bit like uh, when we went into the Preston game early in the season, where we were missing some of our most creative players, and you know, kind of, I, I guess lost lost a tight but fairly boring, low quality game one nil. Whereas this one, we we probably deserved to win, but didn't quite have the quality to um, to make it count on the day. Um, so moving on to the Burton game last night, which United won two nil, of course. Uh, I know it's a cliche, but as I tweeted last night, uh, any win is a good win at this stage of the season. Just, you know, performances are always great, and this is very much a cliche, but just just give me points at this point, and, uh, you know, let's see where it gets us. And I mean, 
you know, th- this was a decent performance. I think it was it was not among our best this season, perhaps. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't push that case. I don't think, but it was a deserved win nonetheless. Um, I mean, I, I do want to say that that Burton actually looked quite good. Uh, certainly, a lot better than I expected. A lot better than their uh, their their league positioning and the most of the statistics that people can throw out around Burton would suggest. I think they have the I think they they are the lowest goal scorers in the league, and they also concede the most goals. So you know, by by most measures, um, fully deserving of being in the bottom three. But yeah, they were they were certainly looked better than Ipswich was showing on Saturday. Uh, they created some good chances in the first half. Uh, it's fair to say they edged the first forty five minutes, which um, most of the kind of expected goals timelines uh, back up as well. Blackman made a very good save when Dyer got in down the left, uh, and they had another flicked shot as well that deflected just wide. And you know United went in one 0 up at half time, but could easily have been level or um, or even behind. I think. I mean. We were we were kind of quite controlled, I thought, without creating too much in that first half. Uh, went ahead when Stevens got on the the ender a Baldock cross. Sorry, um, but yeah, one wing back crossing for another to score uh, is you know very uh, very encouraging, and it kind of feels like a, a callback to some of our best attacking performances early in the season, where we very frequently had normally defensive players popping up in attacking positions and. Either scoring or you know getting a good shot at goal. So yeah, that was uh, that was a very good sign I thought. Um, and then then into the second half, the, the game was much more open. Uh, and actually, on reflection, when I when I got in and watched the highlights last night, um, it was surprisingly exciting. I didn't really think that a, a game against Burton would be this exciting, but it actually was. There was a lot of action at both ends of the pitch. Um, United definitely came on much more much more strongly in the second half, but also Burton kind of broke on us a few times and had a good few few sort of opportunities themselves. But yeah, Baldock had a shot blocked when a cross came in from the left. Uh Sharp couldn't quite get himself into position to uh to turn in a, a great low cross from from Wilson, also down the left. Uh Duffy got in and had his shot well saved. And then yeah, Burton had a couple of a few threats from corners and crosses. Uh they didn't actually hit the target, I don't think, at all in the second half, but Perhaps they will feel that they could have could have nicked a goal themselves during the second half. Um, and then we come to United's second goal, which uh, obviously scored by David Brooks. And I've got to say, it shows how dangerous we are when we can move the ball quickly. Uh, that's not to say we should just you know always move the ball quickly, uh, as though that's the easiest thing in the world to do. But there were three moments of, of really high quality that led to this goal. Uh, it was not an easy bit of play at all. I mean, I know it looks like it looks like, oh, it's such a simple goal, you know, pass, pass, uh, through ball, and then nice finish. But, yeah, as I say, three really sort of moments of high skill that were required. So first Sharp kind of lays off this this 40-yard pass with his first touch. He put it kind of perfectly into the path of Duffy, who had anticipated this pass. Uh, and that, that layoff was so good that Duffy only needs to take one touch before waiting this this perfect through ball to Brooks, who then finishes you know beautifully into the corner without the need to actually control the ball. So... You know, from in the space of uh, two passes, uh, three passes, sorry, we'd gone from the edge of our box, where I think it was Basham was playing it forward, Sharp plays it off, Duffy takes a touch, plays a great through ball to Brooks, and then it's in the back of the net. And, you know, just a, a an extremely high-quality goal, probably one of our, our better goals of the season, to be honest, and it reiterates what a great finisher um, David Brooks certainly seems to be. Um... We could have had a couple more goals at the end. Uh, Bywater made a good save from a fleck-free kick. 
Uh, Evans hit a long-range shot that uh, they clipped the bar on its way over, and then uh, Richard Stearman, of all people, attempted an overhead kick, which unfortunately hit a defender on its way to goal because uh, it would have been a phenomenal strike. Uh, I, I loved Sharp's reaction to this. He had a, a huge grin on his face as he was helping Stearman get back to his feet, so that was quite nice to see. Um, and yeah, then uh, so United finished the game, 2-0 wins against the, the lowest-ranked team uh, left on our fixture list, so fair to say this was uh, this one was must-win if we still hope to make the playoffs, so in that regard, job done. Okay, and then I, I just want to get into just a couple of takeaways from um, from these last few games and a general kind of state of where we're at following on from the previous podcast, I guess. So uh, the first thing is, is form throughout the season, um, and I think something that was a little bit overlooked uh in recent weeks where obviously we've not done it's been a bit bit mixed i guess i'm i'm in cup so the last four games so we we lost to hull we beat reading uh, we lost to fulham and we drew with an ipswich side that in in retrospect we probably should have beaten but yeah something i think was overlooked was was um as a result of the burton postponement it meant that our, our previous four games were all away from home uh, which is a a long stretch to go without a home game. I think it was it's basically almost a month between uh, the QPR game and the Burton game last night. So that left us in a situation where six of our remaining ten games, or six of our next nine, if you want to skew it even more favourably, uh, were at home, which is of course now of now five of our next eight. So unsurprisingly, uh, you know, it's it's kind of always a, a thing that a lot of people a lot of people say about their team. Oh, we're a, we're going to be better at home and probably get more points at home. And it's it's not always the case. Certainly down at the bottom of the league, most of the teams, that when I looked at this, are actually are actually better away from home. Uh, Burton are probably the, um, the the strongest example of this. They've, they've got uh, double the points away from home as they actually do at home. But United are a team where they are actually better at home this season than they are away. Um, which, as I say, perhaps not as surprising, but what is... What is kind of interesting is that the margin between home and away for Sheffield United is quite significant. So at home, we're averaging 1.9 points per game, so almost two points per game, which is uh, in most leagues will get you right up at the top. Whereas away from home, we average uh, a shade under 1.3 points per game, which is is okay. It's not disastrous or anything, but it puts us kind of middle of the table uh, if you just look at away form. So in terms of... My overall point here is obviously we have we're very good at home. We have a larger number of home games than away games for the rest of the season. Um, but that said, I do think we will need to outperform that one point nine point per game average uh, at home in order to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I think we probably need to be looking at fifteen points from our final six home games, of which obviously we have three points already after last night. Um, but the the overall point is that 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 is achievable. And home advantage is a real thing for us this season, even if you take into account the fact that two of the remaining home games are against Cardiff, who are the third best away team so far, and Preston, who are the sixth best. And and you could easily counter that by saying uh, two of our away games are against the teams currently sat in 21st and 22nd, which is Barnsley and Birmingham, both of whom are in the bottom five in terms of points taken at home. So, yeah, we're in a in a good place with these home games, I think. These are, you know... These are a really good opportunity for us to to get the points required to uh, finish in the top six, basically. Um, 
I mean, just looking at the points needed to make the playoffs in the last few years, uh, it was 76 last year, it was 70 the year before, 78 the year before that, and 72 before that. And on a 10-year average, uh, 73 points have been needed to make the top six. Uh, United at the moment are on 59 points after last night's uh, victory. Um, but that said, given how poor the bottom of the table uh, teams have been so far this year, I would guess that the total amount needed will skew towards the higher end of those examples. Um, you know, Leicester made the playoffs uh, in 2013 with 68 points, which I'm fairly confident in saying it's not going to happen this year. So, um, yeah, if we can get those 15 points from the six home games, that puts us in a, a great position where... You know, maybe just a, a couple of away wins will actually be enough to to see us get into that. Um, and then just a final point on this. I mean, uh, it's kind of strange because I'm not sure it actually means anything, but every remaining home opponent, so every every team that we play at home for the rest of the season has actually beaten us at their place. Um, so yeah, if we can exact some revenge uh, in these games, then we'll be in a very good place, I think. Um then the next thing I want to get onto is David Brooks. Can't really get through this podcast without mentioning him. Um, I know there is a, a, a clamour for Brooks to be starting, and I, I guess that's going to increase uh, after this performance. Uh, although, honestly, I'm amazed he's even been playing the minutes that he is coming off for um, you know, a few months out with glandular fever. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that during that time he, he wasn't even able to to train with, with the illness. So... I was actually, I mean, I'm no medical professional by any stretch of the imagination, but I was kind of expecting it would only be be now in mid March that he'd be even getting the the odd appearance off the bench. But as it is, he uh, he looks back up to speed, or um, you know, at, at least enough for the substitute cameos that we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, I mean, he made a huge impact last night uh, coming off the bench. You know, not just with the goal, but. You really felt that our attacking moves kind of ticked up a few notches when he came on. He's he's a very clever player. He's extremely direct. And everything seems to be moving much more quickly with him and Duffy on the pitch. Um, I mean, Jay tweeted out some some stats yesterday. So that's um, at Blades Our Life 90 on Twitter. Um, if you search Blades Analytics, you will probably find him as well. But he tweeted out some stats that shows that uh, Brooks is actually our most the most dangerous of our midfielders if you if you can class him as such on a per minute basis in terms of the the likelihood of him scoring basically the the number and quality of shots that he he actually takes when he's on the pitch and you know he he could fitness permitting be a huge factor for us in the run in you know he could he could really bring something extra to our team that maybe we've been lacking in a few games over the last few months um i do still think that our best partnership up front is is clark and sharp I think that Clark has been a, a vital performer for us all season, and uh, that's what I expect to see on Saturday as well. But you know, Brooks is a, a fantastic option coming off the bench, or or indeed starting as we, we may well see. Uh, you know, maybe this weekend, but certainly in the next few weeks, I would anticipate that he will probably be given a, a starting role at some point. Okay, and then finally this week, uh, I just want to move on to our game of this weekend, which is of course against Nottingham Forest. Um, Forest are in a, a really weird position. They're, they're one of the very few teams in the league who have pretty much nothing to play for. Um, I mean, I'm kind of confident that teams like Wednesday and Reading already have enough points to stay up. I just think the bottom three is so weak and I can't see those three teams getting 
getting 10 points, I don't think, between now and the rest of the season in the last the last nine games, however many it is. Um, and then you've got Forrest, who are another seven points ahead of ahead of Wednesday. So they're essentially, you know, around 14 points clear of relegation. So they are they are definitely safe. Um, but they're also 16 points off the playoffs, so their season is essentially over. I, I guess this could go two ways. Um, you know, there the could be the case of uh, the players on the beach. You know, they don't really don't really care, and it's it's just kind of like they're just winding down their season at this point. Or, or they could be out to play uh, to play spoiler to borrow an American sportsism, just to basically their their only remaining goal for the rest of the season is to to. Um, to try and ruin the seasons of other teams. Uh, I mean, our games with Forest, uh, they always seem to be pretty lively. Uh, you know, recently we have the uh, the FA Cup game with them uh, a few years ago under Clough, uh, and then we've we've had some very kind of tense, dramatic home games with them generally. And of course, you go all the way back to the playoff semi-finals in the uh, in the Championship uh, around fifteen years ago. Um, and yeah, there'll be a big crowd on Saturday as well. So. I imagine it's more likely that they will be up for it rather than just coasting through this game and not really caring. Um, but as a result, you, you kind of also expect them to play quite openly, which could be a, a big help to us. Uh, I, I had envisaged the situation last night where you know we saw an ultra-defensive showing from Burton with the game still nil-nil with 10 minutes to go and everyone kind of chewing their nails. And you know, fortunately, that was, that was not the case at all. And yeah, I, I would think that Forrest will come into this game uh, trying to trying to get a win, trying to you know dent a semi rivals chances of uh, of finishing in the playoffs. Um, I took a look at their form uh, recently. So their their away form is slightly below average. They're they're, they're ranked seventeenth in the league. So this is um, this is over the the whole season with nineteen points from eighteen games. Uh, and their overall form in the last ten games is kind of what you'd expect from a team that's so comfortably mid table. They they sit eleventh in the last ten games with with thirteen points from ten, whereas we are in eighth with with sixteen points over the same span. So actually, they've not you know they're not too far behind uh, how we've performed in the last uh, the last ten games. But as I said, they they have much less reason to be motivated in theory than we do. Um, and, and basically, there's there's nothing at all to be feared from Forest, is what I'm saying. You know, I, I would expect a tougher game than Burton, uh, but if if we can take three points again, we set ourselves up in a a very good position heading into the international break, uh, and that's not even kind of uh, not even taking into account that some of our rivals made drop points this weekend because I think um, I think a few have quite tough games, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, that is it for this week. So yeah, as I mentioned, just wanted to do a, a quick podcast. Obviously, the games come pretty thick and fast, so they kind of uh, these podcasts kind of date quite quickly. So just wanted to do a, a quick one this week. Um, Forest this weekend, then an international break. I'm very much hoping that uh, Jay will be able to spare some time to have a, a detailed chat with me again uh, after that um, Forest game during the international break. Um, as I said, if you've not listened to um, one of those podcasts yet, please, I very much encourage you to do so. The the last two, uh, I think, are probably the, the best ones that have been published so far, if I say so myself. They're very, very interesting. They are not quite uh, not quite the sort of podcast that will date quickly. There's a lot of 
you know, interesting things about our season as a whole, I think, rather than just being focused on a specific game. So, yeah, very much encourage you to go and check those out. But otherwise, thank you very much for listening and subscribing. Remember, you can um, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at BladesPod, uh, where you get all the latest news of latest episodes and other random bits and bobs about United as well. But, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, and yeah, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Hopefully another win, another step closer towards playoff contention. Thanks again, goodbye.